0: Hello, welcome to the second episode of MMA Early Stoppage, back for another round, I'm not one and done, um, I didn't go back and listen to that first podcast, I just fucking banged it out and put it out there, um, it's hard to know how many people listened to it to be honest, I had a couple of my mates listen to it and there wasn't any <laughs> negative feedback, <laughs> Just a, a bit of gentle ribbing, but well, that was good. Um, so there's been a lot happening this week in the MMA world, so I thought why not do another one, keep this going, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I've got a few topics to go through today. So I've just finished watching the UFC fight night, Koreans will be against Rodriguez. So let's have a recap of that first, because... Fucking hell, that fight was ridiculous. Um, so that was the 25 year anniversary in Denver, Colorado, and what a fight to, to celebrate the 25 years of being in the UFC. That, that's really like the epitome of what fight fans want to see really, was that main event, and, and I'm glad it delivered. Um, if you didn't watch the fight, and you're going to then turn it off now, because I'm definitely going to spoil it, um, so it went five rounds, well, almost five rounds. Four minutes fifty nine seconds of the fifth round, and it it was just a a war. The Korean zombie just stood there, just stood in the middle of the cage, like he really lived up to his name. He was marching forward, um, really fast hands. He was really backing his hands to to hurt Rodriguez and. Rodriguez, as as you'd expect, was just throwing all sorts of shit. Really dangerous body kicks and leg kicks and spinning techniques. I think he hit, I'm pretty sure he hit at least two flush spinning back elbows and one flush spinning, um, oh god, what do you call it, a spinning back fist. And god, Zombie just ate them, ate them both. Um, it's hard to go through. I'm not going to go and break down the the whole fight of what landed what and where. But I had it two two going into the fifth, and then even at the end of the fifth, I, I'm not I'm not sure which way it was going to swing. It, it would have been a flip of the coin, and both guys would have been disappointed. But in the f- last second of the round, Korean Zombie rushed forward. Um, Rodriguez kind of ducked his head and threw uh, like a just a straight elbow almost just a straight up elbow that hit korean zombie I'm I'm doing it now if you can see me had him perfectly on the jaw and just knocked him out I-, I think the only reason it knocked him out was because he didn't see it you know, he he wasn't he didn't tense up for it he was just rushing forward not expecting to be hit and fucking floored him um so bloody good effort by rodriguez I have trouble saying his name, Rodriguez, um, but I have really felt for Korean Zombie. He had a good fight and didn't really deserve to be knocked out in that in that last second of the the fifth round. Would have been nice if it went to a decision, but that's the way it goes. And <laughs> he'll be back for sure. Hopefully, both guys don't uh, spend too much too much time on the sidelines because. Um, Corinne Zombie was out cold. He was just face down, face down on the canvas. Um, and Rodrigo Rodriguez, Christ, Thank, thank Christ, I don't have to say his fucking name every week. It'd be a, <laughs> a real struggle for you guys listening to that. Um, he apparently broke his broke his foot, hurt his leg in the first round, because after the fight was over, he was really limping around. And when he was speaking to Paul Felder um, after the fight. He said that he heard it in that first round, so and you couldn't tell though he carried on didn't didn't show any pain throughout the whole fight, so two warriors great fight um I thought we'd just recap that first since it's it's fresh on the mind. I really enjoyed it um and I'm sure we we'll, we'll hear a bit more about that later in the week if you follow the news um I'd say that he'll probably get fired tonight as well. The other great fight on the card. From to be fair, quite a lackluster card, I think. Apart from the Co the Co and main event, the the rest of the card didn't didn't really get the juices flowing. It was a a bit on the average side, but anyway, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um the Co main event, Cowboy versus Perry, also was a great fight. Um oh, n- Maybe not a great fight, that's not the right word. It was an interesting spectacle, that's for sure. Um, Cowboy, they, they they stood for, I don't know, two, two or three minutes, traded a few things, went into the clinch. And then it, Perry was doing pretty well. He got a takedown, and that's where it started to decline for the ball guy. Uh, Cowboy hit a reversal off his back, which was stellar. And <laughs> I think it was... A, it was good technique, but B, it just shows that Mike Perry doesn't know what the hook he's doing on the ground. Um, Cowboy was on top. He was trying to sink the hooks in for a rear naked choke. Uh, Perry managed to fend him off, and looked like he got out. He He got out, and he should have walked away and stood them back up, but he went back in while Cowboy was on his back, and eventually got armbarred. Um... So, after that fight, cowboy had his son and whatnot in in the arena, which was very cute. He actually had a little cowboy boot and cowboy boots and a cowboy belt on and cowboy was quite emotional um and so he would be because that puts him now as having the most wins and the most finishes in uFC history. I believe he's e- either tied or the most, which is phenomenal phenomenal achievement, and I think it's. God I should have got the stats up but um, no, I'm not even going to guess the stats I, I did see them but I've forgotten what they were but uh, good numbers that's for sure I think I might be 14 finishes so uh, there we go I am going to guess um, <laughs> so well done Cowboy Uh, I had one of my mates text me earlier this afternoon telling me that I should just you know go on he's a big Cowboy fan and I should really go on how good Cowboy is um, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not a massive cowboy fan, but kudos where kudos is due, and he he looks good. That I think is potentially as good as he's looked in a while, and maybe not just from the fight because I, I think he outmatched Perry everywhere. Uh, it was clear to see. Um, but just his attitude after the fight, and I think a lot of a lot of it might have to do with his kid. He was saying that before the fight had finished. Ah, oh, sorry. Um, before he went out to fight, that someone had sent him a picture or had seen a picture of his baby, all dressed up with the cowboy boots and the the cowboy belt, and it fired him up. He was he was like nobody's gonna take that fucking money away from me. And um, cowboys always had that problem of being. Getting the, the jitters and at times just not looking as good as you'd expect him to look. But uh, t- tonight with a new baby and him going back down to 155 he's saying could be a re- rejuvenated cowboy. I'm interested to see how he goes. Uh, before this fight I thought he might have been on, on his way out on the back end of his career but cowboy just bounces back. There's been a couple of times like that, maybe about 3-4 f- years ago when he when he lost to Dos Años and he had like a real maybe two or three fight losing streak, maybe even more. And then he bounced back, he comes back, he's resilient. So interesting to see how we go. Um Mike Perry on the other on the other hand, we know he's a good striker. We've seen his ability in the cage to knock guys out. Um but I think his just his general ability might have been a bit exposed. I'm not sure if he's a. I I definitely don't think he's a top five welterweight, and I question whether he's a top ten welterweight. Um. I think his ground game is poor. His his jujitsu is probably poor. His striking is good. He's got power, but I'm not sure if it's that technical. And I think he's he's definitely beatable. Um, where it was looking like he could be a real contender. I feel like he's going to be the, at the bottom half of that top 15 and a bit of a gatekeeper. That could be wrong. You know, I've had plenty of predictions about guys in the past who have proved me wrong, but by looking at that, he's got a lot of work to do, I think. Um, so I'm sure that he'll be back, here, be back soon, and it'll be interesting to see who they pair him up against because he's always a guy that I want to watch because he's just got ridiculous fucking power in his hands so there we have it right two great fights as i said the rest of the card it was just a bit average a couple of good couple of other good fights on there were okay fights on there but i don't know there just weren't many great matchups and sometimes you just do get cards like that where it's just a bit uninteresting that's what it felt like to me but anyway, on to the, the topics of discussion for the week. There's been a few. Um and I think the biggest topic of discussion has been the UFC are gonna be slashing a division, if you haven't heard. The rumors are and that the flow weights have been cut. Um after one of the flow weights came out this week saying that he was cut because of that fact, and they told him that. The flyweights are going. Um, apparently, a couple of this is all it's all rumors. A couple who knows what that means? Maybe four, five, six, maybe more, maybe less. Will be staying and be asked asked to go up a division to the bantamweight division. The rest will be given their their orders, their pink slips. Um, so that's interesting. I've got a. Very interesting take on that because if I'm being honest, my personal opinion on it is that I don't enjoy the flyweight division. Um and it's not for a lack of their skill or anything like that. It's just from an entertainment point of view, it's uh, I find it just hard to get up for. The the fights are generally pretty boring. You you'll rarely have any finishes. There might be the odd the odd finish. Um, mainly from guys in the upper tier but the rest of them they'll mostly go a decision and at times it, it'll be a split decision and not because it's a good fight because it's a fucking uninteresting fight so overall I can see why the UFC did that and I don't think they did it just because they thought it wasn't uninteresting but I think that was part of it I don't think the fans really took to it it's been a division that's been around for 6 odd years I think and. I want to say 2011, but I could be wrong. Um, That's when it came around. I think they've probably been mulling this decision over for a while, and Demetrius Johnson wouldn't have helped. The fact that he was a stellar champion, and everyone in the MMA world will acknowledge how good he is, but really the division went a bit stale, and it's... It's fine that you keep winning fights, but you've got to have the competition to beat. I feel like the UFC probably got a bit frustrated that they would have wanted him to challenge himself and maybe go up a division a hell of a lot sooner than the talk has been. Because in the end, he was just fighting guys he was clearly going to beat. And if he didn't beat them, it was just going to be an upset. So Hudo was the exception to the rule, though. That is one thing that I, you know... Forget that he did lose to Cerruto, but it was a very close fight, and I would have happily watched it again. But uh, even then, I don't think the UFC were gonna gonna cash in with that. So overall, they've made a almost a sneaky way de- decision here, haven't they? They're, they've got into this trade with one who we're gonna talk about in a minute, one championship. So yeah, we'll we'll trade you Demetrius Johnson, arguably one of the Arguably, the, the the best pound for pound fighter in the world, with Ben Askren, who's undefeated, and who had retired but just wasn't fighting, and then once he's gone, they've gone right. Flyweights are gone. See you later. Where they could have, if that trade hadn't gone through, they might have cut them anyway. So, hey, they just made good on a wee deal there, potentially. Um, for the flyweights of the division, I uh, that do get cut. I feel a bit bad for them. So obviously they're not going to have a job. And one championship will probably pick some of them up. I get Conor McGregor sent out a tweet this week saying that the um the CEO of one whose name escapes me uh, should sign the whole division because it was his fault. But I, I don't quite agree with that. Um. But I'm sure some of them will get picked up in that division and, and it will be quite good for them. And I'll talk about that in a minute, actually. It's... For for one, it, it's it's quite good. They're in a really good position at the moment. Um, for some of the others, I think it's a good opportunity for them to go up and, and fight in the bantamweight division, which really strengthens that division. Because that bantamweight division has been pretty strong. It's always had a strong champion. We had Dominic Cruz and then Henan Varal, and now uh, TJ Dillashaw, you know, and old What's-His-Face. Um... Cody, Cody Garbrandt. It's a strong division, and I think having some of those guys go up and bolster it is quite nice. Um, but yeah, well, as I said, in a sec, we'll go over the one championship stuff and what, what flyweights means, what it means for them. But let's just have a quick look at the top 15 currently in that division. am just going to have a look here on my phone. So here, here's the current... Top 15. We've got Juicy A. Formiga, Sergio Pettis, J- Joseph Benavides, Ray Borg. See, so you can see those four guys going up. Question mark over Borg. The guy never fights. Um, Devisan Devi Figu- Figueroa. Ah, oh. he, <coughs> he is a guy that I would like to see go up. Um, luck, He's got fucking hands of stone, that guy. So hopefully he goes up. Then you've got John Moraga, Wilson Hayes. Dustin Ortiz, Alexandra Pantoja, Brandon Moreno, Ben Nguyen, Matthias Nicolou, Tim Elliott, Alex Perez, Luka Sasaki, like. I don't know about you guys, but not a lot of those names excite me. Um, Tim Elliott, I'd like to see him go up at least, or even to One. See or or a different different organisation, see how he goes, but yeah. It's not terrible news. It's not terrible news. But the other piece to that strange puzzle, which I'm unsure how I feel about it, is apparently Sahudo will fight TJ Dillashaw for the flyweight title. Now, I can see what why the UFC has potentially done this too. Because they want TJ to have the opportunity to be a double champion. But... It seems like a... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm tired on it. I'm tired. I, I feel like TJ's probably earned that. But it also seems a bit hollow. If you're going to be the champion of the division, that's dissolved. You're fighting a champion who's come up. I I think I think there's no need to try and sell it like that. It's the typical UFC thing to do where they like the interim champions and this unify the belts and... For a fan... For guys who watch this week in, week out... And I imagine that a lot of people... Whoever's listening to this... You're probably not new to MMA... You've probably watched a lot of fucking... um Fight cards... And you've bought a lot of pay-per-views... And you've watched a lot of other... other um Organisations... You kind of... That, that stuff's not doing it for you... Maybe for the more casual fan... is it it attracting them that he's going to be fighting you know, for be a two time champion, maybe I don't know, I don't know I'm not sold on it, I would have rather them just gone up and I don't know, unified the belts or something like that or just no need to fight at flyweight but anyway, anyway, that's what they might be doing so stay tuned for that, stay tuned for that as I said, let's move on to one one championship And what they've been up to. Because they have been some busy bees. So what they've done, they've signed Demetrius Johnson. I'm sure everybody knows this by now. signed Demetrius Johnson. They've signed Eddie Alvarez. Also come out this week. They've made Misha Tate the Vice President, I believe. They're also sinking millions of bucks into eSports and the... Uh, Demetrius Johnson will be the ambassador now I think that it was a brilliant move the the esports part of it because a lot of sports clubs are doing that now you've got all the football teams around the world who have an esports team so if they've got money to burn then that's a good thing to get into especially having Demetrius Johnson as the ambassador because he, he loves gaming he's got an active Twitch channel um which he's on all the time, and I I'm pretty sure if he wasn't fighting, that's what he'd be doing and streaming and or gaming or some shit like that. Um, having Misha Tate on board as well is also a bit of a coup. And also, um, there's rumors that Sage Northcutt might be signing. Now, how true they are, who knows? But he was at the their event on the weekend in Singapore. And he he is a free agent at the moment, and to be honest, it almost makes sense for. For Sage to go to one, um, he's had a pretty good record in the UFC, but I reckon a couple of years away, even if the UFC does a deal and says, "Hey, you can have him on loan for two, three years, or something like that," if they if they're really keen to keep him, just to get him a bit more experience, which might be quite quite good for him. So we have to see how that plays out, um. But are the are one championship taking over, and and are they? going to be any good i think they i think they will be i think they're gonna end end up into to i'm gonna do speech marks here mainstream because you've got the ufc obviously which is the pinnacle mma event but then you've got the kind of surrounding events which have guys that you recognize and that's bellator um or ryzen i suppose and then you've got the PFL, which has just come on board, which is that uh, that they've got a good some good backing and quite a good competition going. And now, well, one one championship has been around for a while, but the fact that they've bolstered with some ex champions too, and then uh, hopefully they sign a few more few more guys, uh, they'll be looking quite good, you know. it will be quite nice to every every other weekend watch a watch a one card with different guys around the world. man, it can't be bad for an MMA fan can it um The one question mark I have on this, and this is probably and it's not the right way to think, but I do kind of feel this way is the problem with having other organizations and fighters going to other organizations for more money, etc, etc, you lose that one central place where all the best fighters in the world are fighting. And that's what, what I always liked about MMA, as opposed to boxing, is that they're all in one... You know, if you're a welterweight, you're a welterweight. You're in the welterweight division, and there's one belt, and you fight for that. One belt sometimes, except when there's 15 fucking interim belts. But anyway. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what made this so unique. So... I feel like it's a very selfish way to think that there is a risk that it could start splitting out into two, three, four organisations where you've got really the best guys fighting and, you know, there might be four top lightweights and there's one in each organisation they may never meet or they'll meet at the back end of the career or something like that. But I guess that's just the risk you take with, in, with a sport like this because although it is a sport... It's also for entertainment, and and money is a big factor in that. So it's not just like this one organization, or you know, it's not like the NFL. If you want to make big bucks and be the best and fight for glory, you fight in the NFL. Um, sorry, you play in the NFL. The UFC has kind of got that culture together. If you, but the the big bucks part is the question mark. If you want the glory and to be recognized, you fight in the UFC. But if you want the big bucks, yeah depending how good you are, you might not always earn it in the UFC, especially with a guy up and coming. Um. So that's interesting. So, yeah. Are one going to be any good? Well, yes, I think they will. I think they're going to get much better than they are. I think they're going to have better fighters, better competitions. It's worth keeping an eye on. So having said all that, I, I did watch... A one championship event on the weekend, my very first one. I thought, why fucking not? They're on a they're on a roll. Let's let's get in. Let's get stuck in. Um, and they had their featherweight championship on the on the line with Bibiano Fernandez fighting Kevin Bellignon, two guys I had not heard of, but they were. It was a great fight, great title fight. If you've got some time, I would say definitely watch watch the fight. Download the one app, watch it for free. It's all free. It's worth it. Um. and I'm going to keep keep watching I think I always like having a few more organisations to keep an eye on Um, I'd always kept an eye on one but not gone out of my way to sit there and watch the fight so I watched most of the fights on Saturday morning and enjoyed the shit out of them so if you haven't watched them start watching Um, there's also talk of lightweight tournament in one as well so I think Eddie Alvarez and Co are going to fucking get together. And apparently a flyweight tournament. So things can start getting interesting. So let's keep an eye out for one. I'm sure there's going to be some more news in the coming weeks about one. Right, moving on, moving on. The other piece of interesting news. Last week, the big news was that Mayweather was fighting tension Nisogawa. Um And Ryzen on New Year's Eve. Big news this week is that Mayweather is not fighting Tension Nisakawa on New Year's Eve. Um he <laughs> he claims that he didn't know that he was gonna be fighting Tension, which I think is fair. Apparently he was he said um Ryzen had told him it would be an exhibition match against an unknown opponent and it wouldn't be in the actual Ryzen competition, it would be For a a large fee in front of some wealthy individuals. And he said that when the announcement was made. That he didn't want to embarrass anyone. So he just went along with it. Now. I find that pretty hard to believe. (laughs) I think elements of that story are true. And elements of that story are not true. And because Ryzen. I, I mentioned last week. Ryzen is one of those competitions. When it was Pride as well. They had. A dodgy reputation for, you know, potentially fixing fights and letting guys fucking juice. Which they probably still do, to be fair, clearly yeah. let guys juice. I don't know about the fixing fight stuff. Um. And, yeah. God, I've lost my train of thought there. The, yeah, I'm not sure I'm, I'm may with the story, how, how true it is. Um... As I said, the part where he didn't know what opponent he was going to fight I think is probably true. I would say they said he would just fight an unknown opponent. That's that's probably true. Probably true. He probably didn't know who Tenshin Nasakawa was until he maybe saw him or they announced it and probably found out some information afterwards and saw that the guy can fight. I know there's... There's been a lot of rumours on Twitter this week that that's the reason that he pulled out. I, I don't think that's true. What I think is, he knew that they were going to make some type of announcement before it was made. Um. But he was getting a fee to show up at that press conference anyway. So I think he thought, I'll take the fee, but there's no fucking way I'm going to fight and I'll just bullshit my way out of it. That, that seems like the likely scenario to me. Um... I thought what of my what would have happened was that closer to the time he would have pulled out or something would have occurred so that people had interest on in the fight, maybe even a couple of days before or on the even on the night he didn't end up fighting and people wore the card and all sorts. I thought that type of fiasco was what we were heading for, but no, this is, seems like uh, the the route that i have the route that they've gone. So apparently he's not fighting him but who knows, who knows, next week he might be, it might be on again, or it might be a different opponent, or we might be having a 12 round boxing match, or who, who fucking knows, but whatever the case, I would say definitely buy Ryzen on New Year's Eve, because it's going to be a spectacle, we're, we're not even in December yet, and there's all this nonsense happening, alrighty, where to from here, ah, the World Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation. Last week I talked talked about that event that was happening on on the weekend, and I spent some of my Saturday afternoon watching it. I quished I questioned whether I should probably for about five minutes, and then I was like, "No, nah, fuck it, I've got to watch it," you know, as I was screaming for blood. Um, the main event was supposed to be supposed to be Brendan Brendan Ward vs Johnny Hendricks. But Brendan Ward pulled out... Like, a day before... Due to the contractual obligations... Um, and appara- apparently... I heard that they they told him... They were going to pay him 200k to fight... And then they didn't... Or they went back on it and said... No no we're not going to pay that... That's a crazy amount of money... So he he pulled out... There was another fighter apparently pulled out as well... So... They'll need to get that sorted if they want to continue... But overall... I thought the event was good. It was it was actually quite entertaining, and there were some guys there who had fought bare knuckle before or knew about bare knuckle and like how to train for it, what it meant, etc., etc. It was really good. Um, I'd watched one other bare knuckled fighting championship event before. It wasn't this organisation; it's a different different one, and it was bloody two bit and shit. Now. This wasn't a polished promotion by any means. It was definitely on the lower scale of a promotional event and, you know, they struggled at times with where the camera was looking and shit like that. But but, but entertainment-wise, it was worth it. Um, the main event changed because Hendricks had a new opponent. So the main event ended up being Chris Lieben versus Phil Baroni to UFC stalwarts from back in the day, um, the main event was awful. It was the worst part of the card. The rest of the event was fine. Brony went in there and pretty much tried to wrestle him when it was supposed to be a boxing match and then he got knocked out in i don't know within a couple of minutes. and when I say knocked out it's a que- it was a question mark for me from the angle. I could hardly tell if the punch landed. I presume that it did, but yeah, it wasn't a great a great end to that card, and I think the less said about that, the better. Ho- hopefully we don't see Levan and Billy Baroni fighting again in that organisation. There's plenty of other guys around who would be keen to jump on board. Um, so Hendricks did have a late opponent change, and this was the best part of the card for me. Um, Dakota Cochran, who isn't really known for his massive power, fucked Hendricks up. I think he broke his nose he definitely cut him open in the first round and then the second round he hit him nice um, like an uppercut he kind of yeah an uppercut just like broke his nose I think and Hendrix was done so it's been a real f- a real fall from grace from, for Johnny Hendrix. Um, I I haven't been a fan from a fan of him in a wee while I, I liked him back in the day when he was fighting for the championship and when he won the, the UFC belt but I think his weight issues and kind of his attitude has put me off a wee bit. I think it was that fight against GSP where he lost, where he batted GSP. He lost the decision and and he said to Dana, the press conference, he's like, what do you mean? I was only throwing like 70, 80%. Dana said to him, why did you do that? Why didn't you throw fucking 100% in terms of like punching power? Uh, Yeah. I question his attitude. I think he's probably done from combat sports. I'd like to see him stop fighting. It's it's getting a bit silly now. You know, in the UFC <clears throat> towards the back ends there, he was really outclassed. He fought Stephen Thompson and got demolished. That was like, what, a few years ago now. Like he, he just looked way out of place. So I remember Stephen Thompson threw like a question mark kick or something or a front kick, like had hit him square in the face and he just looked dazed, like I, like he had no idea, didn't see that coming at all and he was just outclassed and then he, he also fought Paulo Costa that beast of a guy who demolished him so I, I think he's done I think he is done he's probably lucky he didn't fight Brendan Ward actually because that would have been a fucking clinic as well Um. also on that card they had Julian Lane the Let Me Bang Bro guy from The Ultimate Fighter ultimate final one I think he looked pretty good he won his fight He apparently he'd done a bit of bare knuckle boxing he'd gone to the UK and like really invested in it and he, he broke his hand in like the first or second round and then like, continued on for the, for the five rounds but he looked good looked like he's at home there so as long as they sort their contract issues out and um, schedule another event another event I'll be watching uh, my only complaint was the price was quite expensive to, f- to watch it. I think it was like $29 US, which I'm not con- not sure what, how that compares to your pay-per-view. Um, it, it was a dearer than a UFC pay-per-view over here anyway, and it definitely wasn't worth that price. So we'll see what they do with that and, and how many buys they actually got. I'm not sure. I am not sure. So, where are we? Um... Usually at this point we'd go over the fights that happened on the weekend, but we already went over that at the start, so we went over the zombie Rodriguez fight and Cowboy Perry. So, let's go over a couple of fighters to keep an eye on. From the fights that I've watched on the weekend, there's two fighters that i pinpointed that I would like to see um, in the coming coming weeks and I'd like to keep an eye on them because they look really good Um, and the first fighter is Devontae Smith he fought in the UFC fight night in Denver and he finished who did he finish? let me check my notes here, hang on a second he finished finished Julian Erosa in 48 seconds I think or 1 minute 48 seconds um, he was one of he was on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. Both of those guys were, and man, Devonte Smith, he was just solid. A eh? just, just a one two down the pipe to knock a to the ground, Then, bang bang bang, finished him. That was that. So, he's he's a lightweight contender, I think. A guy to keep an eye on. So write that name down, and you see him on fight cards to come. We'll see how he goes. The other fighter to keep an eye on is Gary Tonin. Um, he was on the flight card in the one championship fight on the weekend, and he uh, beat Sung Jong Lee via rear naked choke. Now I didn't know much about Gary Tonin. I've really read about him in the last few days, and I saw there was quite a bit of hype around him. So he's three. He's only three and O, but he's a well class BJJ black belt. Um, and he's also won the Eddie Bravo Eddie Bravo International Invitational four times which is quite a feat, I think. I've I've watched at least one of those, and they're quite entertaining. So it would be interesting to see how this guy goes in his MMA career, and it looks like one championship is a good place for him to grow. Um, he had pretty good stand-up as well. Wow, a pretty good stand-up. I would say pretty solid stand-up for a guy who's 3-0. Like, it definitely didn't look out of place and looked like a guy who's developing... Um, he did that in round ones tipped him on the feet second round he just took it down and finished finished Lee at will really so he's another guy if you're going to start watching one or you do watch one I would say follow this guy and and see how he goes alrighty let's preview a couple of fights that are upcoming on the weekends where are we give me a second checking my notes here Oh uh, yes, so the upcoming fight nights, it's going to Argentina um UFC fight night Magni versus Ponzinibbio I can't wait for this fight I can't wait Santiago Ponzinibbio is one of my favourite fighters, um, and so is Neil Magni, so it makes it a fucking tough fight to to really watch and well, enjoy I suppose, I will enjoy it but it's always hard when one of the guys that you like loses um, Ponzinibbio he's on a six fight winning streak his last win was against Mike Perry um, also on that six fight winning streak he's knocked out Court McGee and Gunnar Nelson um, in decisions over Nordian Taleb, Zach Cummings and Andreas Dahl uh, sorry he finished Andreas Dahl um, oh man the guy can punch he's got power my question is ground game though, and I think that's where Ponzanibio might struggle against Magny, who I also enjoy a lot. Um Magny's one of those unassuming guys who I think is probably overachieved from a guy who looked like he was just the middle of the middle of the road welterweight to 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 someone who had a, a massive winning streak. Um he won one, two, three, four, five, seven straight before he fought Damien Meyer and got submitted and I think that kind of deflated him a bit, but since then he's lost to Lorenz Larkin and Rafael Dosanos, but while also winning another you know, six fights. So interesting style matchup. I think they're both they both like to stay on the feet, but I feel like Magni won't want to trade with Ponzanibio because he's just a powerful dangerous striker. Like really dangerous. Um, so then I question ground game um, only because I haven't seen his ground game he might have a I'm not, I'm not even sure if he's got a jiu-jitsu black belt or brown belt or anything like that um, he may do but I feel like that's where Magny will shine be with his wrestling and potentially look for some type of finish should be a good fight keep an eye on that one uh, the other fight on that card I'm looking forward to just happens to be the co-main event as well it's Ricardo Lamas fighting Darren Elkins. Now, Darren Elkins, if you couldn't tell, is one of my favourite fighters as well. He's the the pitcher on the um, the, the podcast logo that we've got. <laughs> that that picture is actually when he finished a fight in the third round. Um, it was against, against Mursad Bechtik where he was getting out wrestled basically for two, two and a half rounds really, just pummeled, and then he got himself into a position on the fence where he, he threw some punches that rocked Pe- Pectic, and then a massive head kick to finish him, and he just lost the plot, Um, I love how he's got damage tattooed on his chest as well, like, fuck, jeez, jeez, if you don't like him, you you know, question whether you're an MMA fan, I'd say, if you don't like Darren Elkins. Um, so, yeah, Ricardo Lamas should be an interesting fight. As much as I like Elkins, Elkins is a real grinder. Like, if you, you can't rest with him, he will just work and work and work. He'll you know, take you down. He'll punch. He'll take damage. He'll he'll do it all. But he'll be in your face for the whole fifteen minutes. And if you let off, he he will beat you. Um. It's hard to know where where Lamas is in his career at the moment. He's really gone one one loss one loss, sort of. Um. He's he had back to back losses recently against back-dick in a split decision. But then Josh in the fight before that, Josh Emmett had knocked him out. Um, Emmett did miss weight in that fight though. Um, I'm not sure on this one. I feel like Lamas is one of those guys who... He's been near the top of the division, but he's just not good enough to be top five, in my opinion. I feel like he's that gatekeeper for the top five. Um, I think he should have too much class for Elkins, but it really depends on his headspace. If he is up for the fight, then he should win. If he's, you know, I don't know, you know, you just had a bad training camp or you're a bit down on it or who knows, who knows what, Elkins will eat you for breakfast. So looking forward to that. I'll be caring for Elkins all the way, as you'd expect. Um, that card's looking quite good, actually. It's a smallish card, but there's just some interesting fights on there. Killer trees on there. Um, I've got Guido Canedi versus Malan Vera. That's kind of a... South American flavour to it I think those guys were on the ultimate Fighter Latin America Or whatever it was Um Who else is on here Anyone that I just recognize immediately without looking into them I don't think so It could just be a neat little card Now I feel like there's another Interesting fight Happening Um When is Chuck Liddell fighting Chuck Liddell, I'm just going to look this up right now, because he is supposed to be fighting very, very soon, is it this weekend, if it's not, we'll talk about it next week, Um, fuck, who is he fighting, oh, it's Tito Ortiz, it's Tito Ortiz, that's who he's fighting, uh, 23rd, 23rd November, okay, so not this weekend, right, we can talk about that next weekend. Ah, sorry, next week. Right, I think that's it. I think we're done. Thank you all for listening. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's the Olmish. T-H-E underscore O-L underscore M-I-S-H. Um, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. And I'd like to fucking look at all MMA shit, post lots of stuff, so... Send me a question or... Um, if you got any comments, let me know. Otherwise have a good week and we'll catch you next week. See ya.